Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome your host for the bitch sheet, Listen. everybody welcome to the week where we all have to deal with our families it's thanksgiving week yay um this is the first podcast of the bitch seat which is a talk show uh designed to allow grown-ups to show and tell things from their youth that were that are maybe really embarrassing to them but regardless redemption ensues so um we have amazing guests tonight. Um, I'm not going to announce who they are yet. You're just going to have to listen. And um, uh, the bitch seat is so-called because when I was little, I was very little. Uh, for those of you who don't know me in person, I'm five feet tall, maybe 4'11". Depends what the driver's license says today. But um, I would carpool with my friends to dance class in the neighborhood and I always had to ride in the bitch seat in the back because I was the little one. So this is a show dedicated to everybody who was a little bitch at one point in their lives, which is everybody. Um, and in order to kind of clear the air, I'm going to start off by reading a selection from one of my own journals. I have many of these. Uh, the one I'm reading from today actually doesn't have a name. Surprisingly, most of them did because I thought I was Anne Frank. Uh, I'm going to be reading from a black and white composition notebook. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about, listeners. And um, basically, I want to talk about gratitude in this, in this podcast today, but not in the same way that most people talk about gratitude. Uh, for me, I was frequently grateful for things uh, only after they were over. Uh, and this goes especially for school. I would really, really fall in love with whatever class I was in. And then by the time school was over, I had a meltdown because I didn't have enough friends so that I wouldn't be seeing anybody in the summer. Uh, so I would always have a whole like mourning and grieving period every single year. So I'm just going to read um, a little excerpt from uh, October 4th, 1996, period four. I don't remember what class that was, but that was when I wrote this instead of doing work. They promised they wouldn't forget, and yet they have. And whenever I walk past their rooms, I see me in there. Not those little seventh graders. It's supposed to be me in there. But they stole my place, my role. <laughs> they invaded my life, and now here I am, expressionless as a department store mannequin. <laughs> By the way, do you guys remember that show, Today's Special? Yeah. That was a good one. Got a lot of my influences from Today's Special. Anyway. Dying with loss inside. It was as if I never left grade seven, or when I did, I left my mind and heart with them. And now I can't find myself. No, not in this feelingless, overwhelming world of grade eight on the main floor. <laughs> I can hear his voice through the wall. His voice is probably my social studies teacher. I, I can hear his voice through the wall, and I remember when he said those same words this same period to my class last year. They are starting the year anew. To them, every class, I can't even read this because it's in pencil. I'm so sorry. To them, every class is in, uh, in the past is now the same. Now, on to the future. They are with the class of 2002. 2001 is history, old news. But I can't take it. I don't want to let go of my animated happy life in seventh grade. Guys, I was fucking miserable in seventh grade. I just want to put a point on it. It was as if all the years up to last, I was anticipating something, the time when I'd come to life. Now, as I look back, I realize that grade seven was that time. <laughs> and now it's gone, and I'm wandering aimlessly for a new purpose. 
like a messiah which has come and gone. (laughs) A birth and then death of a miracle. Oh my God. Eighth grade is just going through the motions. But am I the only one so alone? Why does no one else feel so betrayed and confused? Why just me? I've left myself behind and now I'm lost. So I say that by way of saying, thank you, seventh grade. I was very grateful for you, but not when I was in you. And the same goes for every year thereafter. Uh, Before we welcome uh, some guests, I have to first welcome my um, comrade here and uh, compatriot. And what I like to say uh, when I invite him onto the stage is that I wished so hard for a perfect boyfriend when I was growing up. And now that I have one, I like to show him off. So uh, we welcome to the show my boyfriend, Phil. Hi, Phil. Okay. Now it is. Hey, guys. Uh, I'd like to start by saying it was very difficult to not talk this whole time until now, and now I have nothing. For the listeners, uh, Phil has actually been sitting here silently Quietly, the whole time. the whole time. Everybody's like, what the hell's wrong with them? That's what we're doing. It's the strange uh, combination of live show and recorded show. Yeah, yeah. Well, Phil. Yep. Uh, I would like to know about something that you were really grateful for when you were a kid that maybe other people would have thought was weird or other people might not have been grateful for? Okay. Uh, You just posed this question, so I was thinking about it, and I came down to two things. Okay. One was uh, the Star Wars novel Tales from Jabba's Palace (laughs) because it gave more depth to the only movie I would watch in a loop um, for a while, and then I discovered that there was, like, other movies. Um, but it, it brought a lot of depth because there are a lot of just strange characters. And also, my first day of seventh grade, I didn't know anybody, didn't have any friends because I had no friends. And Just period across the board? Just period across the board my first day. Everybody was like, just don't be weird and you'll get friends. But I mean, all I had to do was exist to be weird, so whatever. And It's, uh, hard. it's hard to be born weird. It's hard. And so I saw my best friend, John Milkowitz, reading Tales from Jabba's Palace, who was not my best friend at the time. But I saw him reading it across the room. And I was reading it as well, and I was like, is, is, that, is that Tales from Jabba's Palace? <laughs> and then he was like, yeah, yes, I do believe it is Tales from Jabba's Palace. That's oh, a horrible Oh, you found friend. a soul friend. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we're, we, I, you know, we lost connection for a while, but I see him once in a while. We catch up. Uh, but, yeah, that, thankful for that. And also the real world. Uh, very thankful. Why is that? Well, because uh, before MTV started hiring super soldiers to be real world members and castmates, uh, they would hire real people like uh, Puck or anyone. God, everybody re- must remember Puck. Or Pedro. Everybody who, come on, never forget Pedro. <laughs> Hashtag never forget. Hashtag never forget. <laughs> Um, but it was just because it made me feel, while at, at the time I did not have many friends and, I, and was quite despised for actually... Did you feel the characters in the real world were your friends? I felt that I could go somewhere in a place where you had to be friends with other people and I would have friends. Where, and, where everybody knows yeah, exa- No, it, No, yes. you knew all their names, but they didn't no, know no your one knew name. My name. Uh, so for some reason it, it made me that and Road Rules like the first two seasons of Road Rules I, never I was liked really road into rules. I loved those uh, the first two and then everybody got real pretty and I was like I, I, there was a disconnect you just stopped believing it yeah did you watch Undressed? 
No, because the acting was awful. And that was a- it was. It was terrible. It was, but it was, but I could not unglue myself from it. I mean, I because the episodes were like fifteen minutes long, yeah. so I'd end up watching like seventeen of them in a row. It was terrible acting. Yeah, it was really bad. It was at a time when I decided I wanted to be an actor, so I was like, I couldn't watch it on principle. So I was a, nowadays I love watching bad acting. I just <laughs> love it. It makes me feel good about myself. It makes me, uh, you know, feel like all is not lost. Uh, but also now, like back in the day, I was like, oh, no, wasn't that's bad acting. Something to be grateful for. People who are worse exactly. than you are Cinemax, at your job. <laughs> Cinemax sex films as well, number three, because that was some bad acting. I can't believe that you were allowed to watch that and you didn't get caught. I know. Everybody went to sleep at by 2 p.m., 2 a.m. 2 p.m. <laughs> everybody, we slept in the afternoon. Uh, Nutley, New Jersey, we had siesta. Siesta, yeah. yeah. Um, all right. Yeah. Good. I was grateful for Three's Company. Nobody else was into it. Oh, man. Everybody else was watching Full House, but I was an old lady when I was 10. Did you not participate in TGIF? I did, but I was late to the game. I was a SNCC person. Okay, good. I was a SNCC person, I was an ultimate roundhouse person. Uh, yeah, yeah. We've established this in our private lives, and now we're, we're showing. I'm sharing it with the world, yeah. guys. I, I was a distinctly Are You Afraid of the Dark, Pete and Pete type of guy. And you were definitely, you were the early hour roundhouse. Uh, yeah, roundhouse was the 8.30 slot. Yes. The 8.30 forgettable round. Sorry. Okay. We're going to move on. <laughs> this is going to be the, this is going to be the bell for it's time to move on. Um, <laughs> I love you, Phil. I love you too. Just admit it. Um, roundhouse. Not that great. Much better than all that. Don't even get me started. Oh, yeah, they probably had a joke team, uh, like a writing team for, for Roundhouse. By the way, you listening at home, if you would like to chime in on any of this, uh, please tweet at, at the underscore bitch underscore seat uh, and tell us which Snick show was your favorite. Please. <laughs> yes. It's hard to get used to this, this radio format. Yes. It's also, a little awkward. Also, who was your favorite character in Jabba's Palace? Good. Okay. Uh, right. So let's uh, get this on the road. Um, our first guest. Oh, well, a little bit of um, pre-ejaculant for the first guest. A um, little bit of dry humping for the first guest. She is. Uh, she is the amazing founder of Student Driver, which is like the indie improv darling at the People's Improv Theater. And she is a marathon runner, and she does it for charity, and she has more energy than anybody I've ever met. Uh, so we welcome onto our set Dana Krashen. Yes, for, for those of you who are listening, uh, Dana is wearing her prom dress tonight uh, I thought it to would be celebrate fun. this night. You don't get a chance to wear this thing very often. It still looks so good on you. I'm kind of angry. Yeah, you know. Spoiler alert. I married my prom date, so there you go. Oh my God! Well, this is this is where this is where all I the brought good stuff pictures begins. so you guys can see. Uh, oh yes, uh, for the listeners, uh, we will be posting these pictures on uh, the website, which is Lissa Mandel slash the dash the uh, oh, Lisa. the dash bitch dash seat. Lissa, I also yes. I brought one for you because I had little oh cutout ones. Apparently, I never gave them out, so I found dozens. Wow! I have to tell you, Dana. You really look even better in the dress now than you Thank did back you. then. Thank you so much. Uh, Phil, Not I brought you my senior picture. 
I had written it out to Kornstein. That's, a, I, I think, a boy I sort of liked. Kornstein, is that a first or last yeah, name? That's a last name. Um, he was, act, uh, well, we don't have to talk about him. But, uh, <laughs> but I, I found, uh, when I was looking for stuff for this show, I found uh, maybe three dozen of these that I had just written names on and never written out. It's so I brought one for you, Phil. Outstanding. It looks like this was taken on some sort of disco dance floor. It sure was. Like in, in like the back, just the light. The disco dance floor called Hilton Photography. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, Dana. Yes. You know what my favorite thing about this dress is? This red velvet talus. What is this? <laughs> what is this? It, it, also, who it, wears like deep red velvet to a, like an end of May prom? <laughs> Uh, red velvet is good for any time in the mm. 90s, by the way, for oh, any yeah. time. I definitely wore red velvet at my little brother's bar mitzvah. Uh, I looked like Queen Victoria. Yeah. <laughs> the older years, Queen Victoria. Yeah. Um, it's like it's even got fringe. It's, I mean, it's a talus. You look, well, it's a talus, but a talus is supposed to cover your shoulders. You can't, <laughs> you can't wear that in temple. Fair anyway, fixing. Dana. Yes. Um, Tell me something kind of bizarre that you were thankful for as a kid, something that other people maybe were not thankful oh, for. Oh, yeah. Um, I think probably everyone was thankful for this, but nobody would admit it. I will admit it to you. I was thankful for anything that was like, that I could get my hands on that was like uh, sexy writing, like for kids. Erotica? No, well, no, but like my version of sexy writing. Which like is? Our, body, our, our bodies ourselves. <laughs> and... Um, Judy Bloom's Just As Long As We're Together. There was like a great period scene in that. I thought that was, I don't know, I was into that. Uh, <laughs> Judy Bloom also had like a, a Dear Judy book, like a, of letters. And those had, there were a lot of sexy things. I kept that on the side of my bunk bed, like down on the side. Did you so, ever, um, yeah. I mean, I did this. I don't know if other, if other people did this, but I, I would go through my mom's books and like look for the sex scenes in them Ooh, like the French too. lieutenant's wo woman is that what it's called the French lieutenant's woman no, there there's, there's definitely there's a million of them and they're all called something about someone's woman and the French lieutenant's <laughs> no this was legit literature my mom didn't read my mom didn't read um you know all right let's let's lobby porn a little dark also I think my mom kicked me out of the room in the um the rape scene in the accused Oh, this is horrible. But we had it on VHS. Of course. And I was a latchkey kid, so I let myself in. after. And I remember, like, going through the videos and, like, finding the scene and then being like, oh, my God. I don't, I don't know. I think I was, Did, I don't know. Our bodies, ourselves. It's educational. Yes. Were you, I, do you mind if I ask you, were you getting off to that? No, I don't know. I don't think I ever, I don't know. I don't know if getting off is a thing. That I was ever really into. I was also like very into boys, but then once I was dating them, very into them, but then once like I crushed big time. If there's anything that like this book will tell me, I mean, if this book is true, then I was tell, in love every the, other day. Tell the listeners what this book oh, is. Oh, this is my diary. There was one ever. I was not prolific like you, Lissa. I was like, it was very matter of fact. Like I felt like I needed to update this diary about like, who I had crushes on, and um, which one of my friends were being a brat about their new pound puppies and things like that. And what, uh, first of all, okay. for, for the listeners, the, the diary is um, red hardcover book, but yes. like with fabric yes. covering it. And, and it has like a lock. teddy bears. Oh, yeah, there's a lock. That's teddy clutch. bears and little hearts. Teddy bears and little hearts. And so what was the age range in which you wrote in it this? It starts in, it's like 85 to 96, so... 
Oh, so, so you really didn't seven, write very much. Yeah, no, at all. no, seven to um, it's eleven years, seven to eighteen, I guess. Seven to seventeen. Wow. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, I want to. Uh, I would like to hear some excerpts, some of your best excerpts, please. I will, I will do my best for you. Um, this is December eleventh, nineteen eighty-five. It's also you should know that it's scribbled out. I think I got very angry one day. I went back through and scribbled a lot, but I can read it through this. So, a long time ago, Mike squirted his juice box at me, and every time I try to get him back, <laughs> I can't do it. So I'm thinking of another way of doing it. Please keep this a secret. Bye. Hi, I'm back. Maybe I will ignore him. This is all one entry, by the way. Yep. Okay. Is that the same? Is is that in the same paragraph? Yep. Maybe, okay. maybe I will ignore him. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And then I sign it with three little hearts that are like balloons. They're heart balloons. Heart, heart, heart. And then, uh, and then what, what you shared with me earlier. Super weirdly. About that. This was like a 1985 to 1989 trend of signing with three little heart balloons. I, I sign a lot of my Facebook posts now with three little hearts. I don't, and I didn't connect that. It never died. Just, the tradition no, never, never died. died. Yeah. Uh, you want a little more? Of course. Oh, great. Uh, March 24th, 1988. Dear Diary, I finally found a boy I like, Kurt. I'm not going to do last names because I'm friends yeah, with all these people on Facebook. Yeah, that's usually the choice I make, too. Yeah. Kurt, he's funny. He likes me, too. Today, everybody played tag, and he fell on top of me. Oh. <laughs> Matter of fact, that's what happened. Uh, um, wait, can yes. we just rewind back to the juice box yes. element? Now, was that a victory or a failure when you were squirted with a juice box? I mean, I think it was a flirt. Yeah, it sounds like you were reading it in a positive way. Yeah. I mean, I say, I try to get him back, but I think that's like, I try to get him back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. I think that's, yeah. Uh, right, uh, the next entry after the one about Kurt is two months later in May of 88. Um, Dear Diary, today Roxbury Carpet had a fire. That was a big event in my town. But besides that, Chris P. a couple of weeks ago told me he liked me and he kissed my hand. Faith is his old girlfriend. She's now jealous of me. The day he kissed my hand, I was listening to Pink Cadillac on my Walkman. <laughs> nice. Ah, three hearts, and then underneath, I hate Kurt. So, for context, you grew up in Roxbury, Massachusetts. No, that's no. Yeah, Framingham, Mass. But uh, I guess that, that was yeah, Roxbury Carpet. This is all the news place. that's fit to print. Yep, there, was a, there was a fire, was a fire. in a local building, yep. and the more that's important it. news is true. Yep. Totally. I okay. love, oh my gosh, this thing is so funny. I drive pictures of boys in here. Uh, yes. Uh, for the listeners, we will have uh, photographs of some oh, of these yeah. pages Enjoy posted. Lissamandel.com. Uh, December 18th, 1990. Blah, 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 blah. Oh, my friend Adrian Frenched my friend Dan. God, life is weird. <laughs> How old were you when you had your first French kiss? Uh, wait, it's on the next page. Oh. <laughs> yes. Uh, January 28th, this is one month later, 1990, it's war. Guess uh -oh. what? The Frenchers, Adrian and Dan, broke up. Adrian has now gone out with two other guys in a week. I like Dan a lot. He put me across from him at his bar mitzvah. Oh. <laughs> Dan was my first kiss. Nice. At like an overnight Temple Shulin thing. That's funny, because around that time, French kissing was pretty controversial. Like around 12, 11, 12, 13. That's a big step. It's a big step. That's, that's not pecs. That's, yeah. You're... I had codes in here, too, as time goes on. I had codes for what I did with boys, but I thought it should be documented. It says like, 
Uh, it says like so and so two plus. What's that? What does it mean? It's like second base plus. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. What is the plus? Well, it's like okay. So what's second base, Lisa? So sec. Uh, so second base is down the pants. No, no, that's third base. Oh, second base is. I mean, I didn't get to any of the bases until so college. But second, but you have to know what the bases second are. Second base is touching boobies. So two plus. Would wait. Be so like what's first base? Kissing. I think maybe my bases are like all one off. <laughs> maybe I was raunchier than I thought Lisa. in my head. Okay, Lisa. so second base, second base is, is is boobs. Yeah, so two plus would be like I don't know. Did he did he kiss them? There was probably there was ki- fondling, boob kissing. Oh, I no, hate saying hi, mom. <laughs> are you gonna uh, let your mother listen to this? Oh, sure. My mom would be so uncomfortable listening. Oh yeah. To this. <laughs> um, Okay, so then we, you know, I'm skipping around here, but like we get to November 5th, 1993, uh, blah, 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 and then I report, now there's Steve Krashen. I can use that last name because it is my last name. Oh, here's, and how okay. old were you at this entry? 15. Okay. So it, look, Steve Krashen, Jewish, in huge letter. <laughs> I, have, yeah. I have one diary for 11 years, and I spent an entire page to write that he's Jewish. Yeah, it's broken up. Jew-ish. Jew-ish. <laughs> yeah, just, just sort of Jew-ish. Wait, is this, is this a big event because it's the first Jewish boy that you've had a crush on? Uh, no, clearly not, because I sum up the boys that I'm into on the next page. I, so, so I basically, I'm, this is a, like less than a month after I started dating my person who would be my future prom date and husband and I, I, I declare that I met him and then the very next page I wrote the people I want to marry and there's a list and it says Steve I'll tell you about him in a second Noam I think I was in love with him he was too but we're drifting apart I love him <laughs> <laughs> and then it says Ben just a hot thespian uh, Joe, my 1996 bus bud, a little nerdy sweet kid. John, my bud, I like him a lot. Hold oh. on one second. You <laughs> are you calling really, me out on something? No, it's just really funny. You spelled thespian with a B. Yeah, I did. I did. So it's like I, that's why I pronounced it that way too. Thespian. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah. I, you know, that's I, what I thought it was. I had a really similar list to this. Yeah. Uh, in my Ramona Quimby diary. Oh, that's nice. <laughs> it was. It was like a list of like eleven or twelve sets of initials of yeah. boys. That oh I had a gosh. Crush on. Yeah, yeah. I have. I have like all the boys I've ever kissed, but it's in initial form, in here somewhere. Uh, I then go. Do you want me to keep going? Do you have another real juicy one? Yeah. Okay. Because you have to, you, ultimately the point that we're getting to yes. here is is this Steve Krashen yeah, character. Yeah, this is it. You went to prom with him and married him. Yeah. So, continue. Okay, so the next page says, the Steve Krashen section, I think this will be a major part of my life. <laughs> Very prescient. He's really sweet, really good looking, beautiful, green eyes, muscles, sweetest guy, sweet talks me, tells me I'm the best. He really loves me, says how great I am to everyone. I love it. I think I might love him. He was in the play Working With Me. Um, where it's a musical. Uh, of which I was the newsboy and everybody said I was great. He went out with Suzanne for a week, but they didn't work because she can't handle a relationship. That's horrible. That She has kids and a husband. Um, and, and then there's me. Uh, so a couple weeks later... I became interested and people said he was going to ask me out and we had a disaster phone call and he never called so I assumed it was off but on October 14th I came up to him very randomly in the music room he was playing the piano and he asked oh, me out oh musician oh 
It was the first time in my life that I hadn't hated the guy I had dated. I usually go out with him and then hate them and feel uncomfortable. Not with Steve. We're great. He wears a leather jacket and he lets me wear it. I look forward to kissing him. I miss him all day and it makes me really happy to see him. He came to my house two days in a row and we made out on my couch. Blah, blah. Oh. Jesus, I was, I wrote Jesus in here. I was actually considering the fact that I was gay until I met him because I didn't like going out with guys. He says illy to me, which is short for I love you all the time. Today we had a hectic afternoon with friends and I went to his house for a while and we decided we'd have more intellectual discussions. <laughs> I love him. I really do. And I remember that discussion because he said we should we should make outlets and we should have intellectual discussions. And I said, okay, how do you feel about gun control? <laughs> uh, do you remember that conversation yes, about gun control? I do. I, don't, I'm, I think we both just like made bogus points. Was it a metaphor for another gun? <sighs> God, probably. Dana, do you, can I ask you something Ooh, personal here? Yeah, bring it. <laughs> do you lose your virginity to this guy? Oh, yeah. Oh, hi, mom. <laughs> <laughs> Sure. Um, and uh, and uh, tell tell the all the fans at home uh, how long this relationship lasted. Um, ninety three. We got married in two thousand and four. Is that right? Two thousand four. Yeah. Flash backwards a little. I moved here after college in two thousand, and he said he didn't want to live in a in a city. A city wasn't for him. Uh, cities are dangerous and he was going to be a suburban boy his whole life and I moved here in 2000 and then after like a year of going back and forth and back and forth like on the weekends uh, he finally moved here on September 1st 2001 and saying the cities are so dangerous and I was like no no New York is oh, great no. so I think that, that pretty much set us up for like another decade of him being here but never wanting to be here uh, so we just kind of uh, grew apart um, do you think, okay. Yeah, so. Wow, I didn't think it was going to go in this direction. Sorry. Do you think that the September 11th attacks uh, determined the status of your relationship? Um, because he saw that and he was like, see, I'm right. No, I think, I think because of them, we tried for a long time, probably extra. Really? Yeah, probably. Um, dude, let's just. Let's put it on the table. Like things end, and maybe they last twenty years or so, and or, or whatever. But uh, but if you're gonna be in a relationship with someone for that long, at least I was in a relationship with like a, a really hot guy with muscles and green eyes, and he's and he's a really good, wonderful person. So I lucked out because like Kurt was probably a jerk, and the guy that squirted the juice box on me was clearly not worth it. Well, screw so. him. So I mean, I, I yeah. It's it's pretty. This is stating the obvious, but it's pretty amazing that you were in a relationship for that long at all, let alone a relationship with the first guy that you ever, you know, did anything with. I think that's a huge accomplishment. Are you are you grateful for the fact that you had the relationship now? Oh yeah, uh, yeah, um, yeah. Uh, I just uh, I think if there's yeah. I know, I mean, I have a lot of friends who are still in relationships, longer relationships, who uh, maybe aren't happy that they are. Um, I think if you're going to be in a relationship with a long-term person, it should be a good person. You should, I mean, we grew up together. Uh, that's why I haven't changed my name back. I mean, that's... 
mean, I'm also incredibly <laughs> lazy. But uh, no, it's divorce is hard work, dude. Uh, sure is. Ooh, oh, I mean. Yeah. I mean, you should see me tomorrow night. I'll probably sit around in my wedding dress for a while. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. When we have you on uh, again, uh, you can wear the wedding dress. Thank you. If I can, I think it's in his parents' closet right now. <laughs> uh, just for you guys, that's us in the in the leather coat. He's wearing. Is that his leather jacket? That's his leather he, jacket and the one he bought for me that matches that I still have. He looks you like know, a real cool substitute teacher. Oh, <laughs> he uh, he actually. I was fifteen. He was seventeen. So he he was a senior when I started dating him. He graduated and he came back to like work in the audiovisual department. He was a TA and he used to like write me hall passes and stuff. So did he, uh, did, he s- did he sit on chairs backwards to get real? Oh, he was a badass. Nice. Yeah. I gotta say, my first major boyfriend also had a leather jacket and there's just something about that. Oh. It just never, it's just, yeah, just never dies. Oh, it's great. It has that little pocket that you're like, what is this? What is, what this, is this for? The answer and is nothing. The, no, <laughs> the answer is a condom. A, a condom or a Zippo. And he, he even got me my own Zippo at some point. I think we had been together for like three months, and he got me a, a Zippo lighter that said desk on it. And I said, did you give me a lighter that says desk on it? And he said, yeah, those would be your initials if I married you. Whoa. <laughs> and my initials are desk. <laughs> you know, it kind of... It, what does that mean? Oh, oh was, that, was that a punchline? Yeah, thing? I feel like oh, that's yay. an edit. It, yes. Well, Yes. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, Dana, I uh, I think you're so brave. I to like talk you. About this. I Seriously. like you too. I like both of you guys. I um I have something for you. <gasps> oh. So uh, I forgot about this part. For <laughs> so yes, uh, the the best perk of the bitch seat. I hope that's not the best perk. Um, is uh, I come from a family of people who save things. They're not hoarders, but They're- they like to save things. They're pretty sentimental. My mom has two basements. They're both full of all of my schoolwork. <laughs> what, what, what do you want to say, Dana? No, I was. that's awesome. Yeah, so uh, we can't bear to throw anything away, but I think as a good uh, practice of saying goodbye to material possessions, every time I have a show, I will give away something from my piles of stuff at home, and they get a new life. So uh, tonight uh, I have with me this tiny um, little black and white composition notebook that says pocket memo on it. And inside there are some um, inspiring quotes that I wrote down at some point in seventh or eighth grade. So for you, Dana, tearing this out, this quote from William James, which is, there is but one cause of human failure, and that is man's lack of faith in his true self. And that's for you. Thanks, Lissa. Thanks, Phil. Thanks for doing the big seat thing. Thanks. Ah. Oh, thanks. Hug yeah, hugs are good. Yay. I'm going to go change it to something better. Yeah, get the off like a prom gown, for real. Uh huh. So, you wrote that down when you were in seventh or eighth grade? Dude, I wrote down everything. Wow. Yeah, I have, this is like the small version of the quote notebook that I had. I had a whole quote notebook, a quote book, if you will. I had a whole book of um, names that I wanted to name my children. There were like a hundred of them. Um, uh, I had a notebook of um, 
erotic drawings that nobody ever saw. Because still haven't seen I that. Still, no. no, and you probably never will. Uh, oh. That was that was in a time before the internet. I had to draw my own porn. I did that once. I know it's crazy. Mo- you know, for the people growing up now, they'll never have the experience of being that desperate for porn that they draw their own. No, they won't. The, they don't have the, the the sheer glowing comfort of squiggly porn on their illegal satellite box or their illegal cable box. I know it's yeah. it's you know that happened when I was in Italy. Uh, I, I was watching TV and flipping through the channels, and there were a couple of channels that were like fuzzy porn channels. I saw a woman giving a guy a blowjob under a desk. Oh, man. Yeah, no holds barred in Italy, guys. Oh, totally. Yeah. They're all dressed up as nuns. It's so weird. I'm uh, not even joking. That's, a, that's like the majority of Italian porn I've found is something to do with priests and nuns, <laughs> all right? You have a Vatican in your country. It's got to be a thing, right? I what, imagine. is that like if you show the gun in Act 1, it has to go off by Act 3? <laughs> A few times, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right, let's uh, let's let's move it along because we have two other amazing guests uh, who came all the way to Astoria. By the way, guys, listening at home, we're at Astoria Coffee right now, uh, and if you are in the New York area, you should check this place out because they are always um, displaying local artists' work. They have delicious coffee. They have delicious homemade treats. Uh, so yeah, a story of coffee. Okay. Uh, now after that commercial segment, I'm going to welcome our next guest who is, um, the associate artistic director at the people's improv theater. Uh, aside from that, he is also from the shoreline area of Connecticut where I am from. So he understands what the best pizza is. Give it up for Ronnie Pascal. Thanks for being here, Ronnie. I'm so nervous about that. Ronnie, why are you nervous? I don't know. I ugh, don't ever talk about the stuff that we are probably going to talk about. See, I, I love this, though. That's what the bitch seat is for. It's for getting people up here who are never embarrassed about anything and are on stage all the time airing their shit. Oh, yeah. I'm so embarrassed right now. It's, it's bridging the line between your angst as a teenager and what you've become. Ooh. Yeah, you know? there's a lot there. Ronnie, if you want that water, you can have it. Dana didn't uh Oh, I would love that. Thank you. Yeah. Um, so Ronnie. Hi. Hi. Tell me about something that you were grateful for that most other people were not when they were kids. So you told me about this as I walked in the door and the first thing that I thought about was, this is a little bit different, but I was grateful because I was sad when I was younger and I thought that that made me cooler and I understood like... Yo, give me a high five. (laughs) I remember like when I first saw Titanic, I was like... I'm crying, but I'm cool because of that. Listen, I'm so upset that we didn't know each other back then, no. and probably we'd be married by now. Sorry, Maybe. Phil. Maybe. That's fine. Um, uh, because I was actually thinking earlier today um, about something really similar, which is when I was younger, I would go to Thanksgiving dinner with like the whole extended family, and you know, it's an extended family of um, loud, hearts-on-sleeves, depressed, anxious New York Jews, and so everybody talked about all their shit all the time. But specifically, my, my dad's cousin Carol and my mom's brother, my uncle Steve, were like always the most depressed ones in the room. And so I would just gravitate toward them mm-hmm. and I'd be like, let's just sit in the corner and talk about how everybody sucks. <laughs> Which in, in hindsight is not very healthy, but I really 
I really glamorized being depressed. Yeah, that's a better way to put it. Glamorized being depressed. I thought it was like the coolest thing in the world when I was younger. Well, because you're feeling so much. And so you feel like you feel like a responsibility, I guess, because you're like, well, I'm feeling all this stuff must be for a reason, must be because I'm special in some way. That's how we keep ourselves from killing ourselves. Definitely. Yeah, I just don't think anyone else got it. So I like got alienated because of that. Did you... Um, now, we're going to listen to some of your original oh music. And, um, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, do you want to tell me about uh, the band? Are they all the same bands, by the what way? What I sent you today was one. Yeah. One band. So sure. tell me, give me a little, uh, little context for this band. Great. Uh, I was a freshman in high school, and this girl, Valerie, that I liked a lot, she was like, you need to listen to Blink-182 because they're so amazing. Uh-huh. So I started listening to uh-huh. pop punk, whatever you want to call that stuff. And my friend Brad and I got really drunk one day and went down in my basement and just improvised everything that I sent to you earlier. <laughs> that was not written ahead of time. Really? Yeah. <laughs> wow. So that it was me on guitar and screaming, and Brad, who didn't know how to play drums, was playing my drum set. Well, <laughs> my basement. Wait, so you had a drum set? I did. And, and you had a guitar. You had a whole setup. Yeah. So you played all those, those instruments? Uh, not well, but yes. And did you ever did you ever play music alone to get stuff off your chest? Yeah, actually, uh, I thought I didn't remember this until earlier today. Uh, when I was younger, the first thing I learned how to play was My Heart Will Go On on keyboard. Oh, my God. Because I was like, nobody gets me except me. I know. I know. I got you. Thank you. I got you. I was in Guilford also eating modern pizza. You live 20 minutes away. I know. I know. Well, let's, um, let's, let's listen to the first uh, clip. Great. <laughs> Sounds like I got my mind set on you by George Harrison. Kind of has a. You've got a I was 14, separate. don't judge me. No, this ain't bad. You gotta wait for the vocals, though. Okay. Oh, wait, I'm sorry, the guitarist. <laughs> Got a very uh, no wave vibe. Like New York no wave. What did you just say? We're going to the You grew up in the East Haven Beach. West Haven. I'm sorry, West Haven. I'm sorry. I said thank God for global warming there. <laughs> Pretty much it. All right. I, 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 I could. We don't need to go more than that. Tell you, I could have listened to the, could listen to the whole thing. That was that was pretty fun. Pretty was fun. It? I are, like. Are, are, yeah. It had like a dirty like quality to it. It's kind of cool. I think I recorded that on a or a, a digital camera, not a cell phone. I nice. Didn't have a cell phone at that we didn't point. have cell phones back no, then. No, I didn't have a cell phone. How I still don't have a cell phone. What? I don't have a cell phone. What are you texting me back on? I have an iPod with an app on it. That's an iPhone. <laughs> It works as an iPhone. <laughs> All right, as long as there's Wi-Fi. Agree to disagree. It's a real thing. Did you did you always improvise your music, or did you write stuff down? Uh, most of the time, I was improvised. I did not like writing, and I still don't like writing. No, <laughs> that's my excuse for being lazy now. Did it? Wait, but did your did you and your bandmates ever play shows, or you just played for yourselves? We didn't like backyard picnic stuff. Did you get hired? 
Uh, no, no, no. <laughs> no, never for Your that. own picnics? Yeah, my own picnic. I had a picnic once just so that we can. <laughs> <laughs> it was either Memorial Day or Fourth of July in like senior year of high school. And so you, your your biggest influence for that music was Blink-182? No, uh, I liked a lot of 80s punk bands too, like Minor Threat and mm-hmm. like Bad Brains and stuff like that. Awesome. It was That's all- great crazy screaming music were and the friends that you played with were they also uh sad kids yeah yes uh brad was the the kid playing drums and that was the kid sad brad sad brad i'll call him sad brad uh <laughs> he was the person i played with most and then we'd always get like a rotating drummer in there and the drummer would be like i'm sick of you guys you guys suck and walk away <laughs> that's that's how drummers that's go. how drum yeah. that's what happens that's with the, drummers i've heard yeah. so i've heard except in spinal tap when the drummer just disappears and leaves like a like a pea-sized green pebble in his place you know he explodes I, i've and, never seen it oh ronnie oh your ronnie. life is oh. about to change i'm gonna go home and watch spinal tap yes then. hey you definitely are. let me ask you a question yeah were there other bands in your area because usually there's whenever there's a band there's always a scene there were a few that's cool. Did you know the Flaming Tsunamis? I knew, yeah, they were a ska band. They were a ska band. Ska band. I saw them. I went to a couple of their shows where there were definitely mosh pits that I did not participate in. <laughs> were you afraid of the mosh pits? I was very afraid of mosh pits. <laughs> Me too. I'm five feet tall. Where I would did get you crushed. Go? Like Toad's Place? Toad's for sure. Nice. There was some other place we went to in like West Hartford that was like a weird warehouse kind of vibe. I. Oh, uh, the CT Expo Center. I, I don't know. About? It was some kind of like non-alcoholic, like under twenty-one club. Oh no! I yeah. Don't remember that place. <laughs> <laughs> it, well, yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't the most exciting. No. Um, well, I want to uh, listen to another clip because we oh, have a no. couple more to go, and they only get better. They only get they only better. Get better. Really? This is exciting. Got a good like. Kind of Wait, bring it back up. Bring it back up. There's more the lyrics. I'm so hardcore. <laughs> I, I, I just wanted to make sure we got in that hardcore. Part. I'm so hardcore. Yes. <laughs> it, you, it's like you anticipated the Lego Movie Batman theme. I was like, <laughs> what that means. Oh, you gotta hear it. I will. I'll Girl, check it out when I get home. It's, yeah, Spinal Tap and I guess Lego Movie as well. Lego Movie's pretty good. Right? And get a cell phone. Well, yeah, well, I mean, if you've lived this long don't without it, you don't, don't bother. Don't, do don't bother. No. Listen, I didn't have a cell phone until I was a sophomore in college, and I am so, speaking of things I'm grateful for, so grateful that I didn't have one before that time, because mm. I never would have written down all of this stuff. Yeah. I would have just angsted myself all over the phone. I wish I wrote all this stuff down. This is all great. <laughs> oh, thanks. Aww. Well, okay, so your music is pretty angry sounding. Yeah, but so you were, angry. But, but you said that you were sad. So, I was sad and angry. Like, when I was younger, I was very sad. And then as I got to, like, teenage years, I got angry. Why do you think that is? 
Um, just like life stuff. Um, my mother was very sick growing up and I didn't have a father and I didn't like fit in with social circles at all. So I think I was just like very alienated. Mm-hmm. So it was just tough. Did you, did you know that you wanted to go into the arts when you were younger? No, I had no idea. I didn't know until like, until I started playing guitar and then I was just like, oh, this is kind of cool. So I started going to Connecticut School of Broadcasting. And then, what? Yeah. That's, that's a, fancy. That's a thing. Uh, it's in Stratford. Um, yeah, and then they had us do improv scenes, and I was so nervous by it, and I was just like, I should do this. This sounds fun. So so you started doing improv, scene, improv and you weren't absolutely terrified of it? it I was mortified. To you? I hated it. I just wanted to get over it, though. Like, I wanted to get over why I was so sad and scared of it. How old were you when you started doing that? Uh, 19 or 20. Oh, okay. Wow, that's, yeah, that's a good time to start, because... I just figure that's when you start getting over all that fear. Yeah, definitely. That's when I started. But I think it's a really awesome impulse that you went toward it. and Because I did some improv when I was a senior in high school, and I hated it so much. And I was very bad at it because I was really trying to control everything mm-hmm. you know, that came out of my mouth. But you obviously can't mm-hmm. in the moment. That's the point. No, definitely not. But I wasn't ready to embrace that spontaneity until years later. So I think you're ahead of the curve. Uh, I try. Oh, <laughs> Are you... Um, would you say that you're a happier person now than you Oh, are? yeah, definitely. Much happier. Um, yeah, I like I go to a psychiatrist now, and that helps a lot. Um, uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He's figured me out. Oh, it's a he. he. Have you ever talked to a woman? Would that make you uncomfortable? No, I wouldn't be uncomfortable. I just, he was who I got assigned to originally, and I was just like, this guy gets me. That's awesome. Yeah. That's so lucky. First yeah. try. And he lives in Jersey City. Right oh, perfect. Well, yeah, because I... Coincidentally. Wow. What? Do you hang out with him? No. (laughs) One time we were on the train together and I was like, can we start now? And he put his headphones back and he's like, no. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, good. He sounds very professional. I like him. He's pretty great. What's his name? Sean. Sean. I like people named Sean. Uh, Me too. Um, All right. We have one more music clip. Oh, no. Let's let's hit it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. This one is called Acoustic Song. Clearly not acoustic. <laughs> there seems to be like an air of cheekiness about your whole band thing. Oh, what? Like, like you're sort of playing, making fun of having a hardcore band almost. Like, were you? Yeah, kind of. Yeah. Okay, but all right. I don't know if you actually meant it. Or no, it. this is... Our acoustic song. We tried so hard to make it in rock and roll. <laughs> we tried so hard. No one likes us. Not even our parents. What are you saying? There's a light that shines in front of my eyes, but I can't see what's left behind. Damn, that's deep. <laughs> it was all improvised. Um, I was staring at a light bulb as I was saying all that. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing. You were using your surroundings as yeah. inspiration. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I'm going to challenge you to find some people to play with and go back to doing Seriously. improvised Ugh. music. It doesn't have to sound like that, obviously. I hope not. <laughs> uh, you should also listen to the Moldy Peaches if you I like them. Oh, okay, yes. They've they... done shows at the pit. What? Yeah, uh, a couple of them have. Listeners, check out the Moldy Peaches. Yeah, check them out. They're great. Yeah, they're great and weird. Um... I, I really think that you should get together and do some improvised music. I think people would really come out for that. My improv group has talked about it. Yeah. Bits. 
Oh, yeah, kibbles and bits. Yeah, because Mehdi plays drums and Michael plays piano, so. You absolutely have to. Yeah. And I don't mean like, uh, I don't mean like musical improv. I mean improvised music. Yeah. Like a concert. I've thought about it. Yeah, we, you should definitely do about it. it. That's awesome. Thank you. Um, well, Ronnie, I have something for you. Ooh. I'm very uh, excited about it. It's another quote, because that's what we're doing. And uh, this is, I guess, I guess even when I was in seventh grade, I was on this really new age open-mindedness kick, which mm -hmm. I still am to this day. Uh, and this quote is from Ken Keyes Jr. from the Handbook to Higher Consciousness. Everyone and everything around you is your teacher. Thank you. And that includes oh. your sadness. Oh, I'm going to keep that with me it. in my pocket. Thanks for doing the bitch seat, Ronnie. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Ronnie. <laughs> Yeah, Ronnie Pascal, you guys. Okay. okay. Facing your fear. I'm so glad that you Seriously. were embarrassed to do that because so you did it anyway. And yeah, that was and good. for as sad as you were as a kid, you actually fell right into what you were supposed to be doing. Like there was you probably you struggled probably with a lot of a lot of shit, but I feel like you actually it was easy. So every, most people this sort of circle the drain pipe of their dream before they finally fall in, but you just kinda Oh, right oh, I like that. Circling the drain. The what did you say? Circling, circling the, the drain. Watch the episode. Listen right. to it. <laughs> <laughs> Good point. Yeah. Um, before we bring on our last guest, I want to pause and read another poem. While you're here, Phil. I mean, you were here before, but now you're really here. Sure. Um, and it's another. It's another poem um, about gratitude. Uh, it was uh, after uh, the first. What's up? Continue. Sorry. Sorry, guys. There's gushers. Sorry. Yeah. Okay. So for those listening at home, there are gushers and fruit by the foot and also chocolate covered chewy granola bars on the table for the audience to enjoy um, because these are all things that I was not allowed to eat when I was little because my mom was a dental hygienist. <laughs> so I make a point of eating sugar cereal whenever possible now and frosted Pop-Tarts especially. Uh, by the way, story about that. Oh, thank you. Here's a gusher. Story about that. Um, when I was in... Kindergarten or first grade, there was a girl named Heather. I'm not going to use her last name because I'm afraid her family will come and kill me if they hear this. But there was a girl named Heather with long blonde hair. And we were kind of friends. Not really. But she lived in the neighborhood. And I went over her house whenever I could because, first of all, she had a kid sister doll, which I was not allowed to have. Kid sister. Yeah, precisely. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Right. Now the gusher is stuck in my teeth. Professional, very professional. And she always had frosted Pop-Tarts and like Lucky Charms. And I really didn't care about Heather that much. I was really more into her snacks and her playroom. And then I remembered, although I was too young to really understand what was going on, that in her dining room, there was this creepy wrought iron life-sized statue of a soldier um, oh. that I didn't really register. Uh, but one day when my mom came to pick me up, she was like, we're never going back there again because the soldier was a Nazi soldier with a swastika armband on it. So that family existed. Oh. And so I... We shall eat all the sugar. Uh, yes. I, yes. Fatten up, fatten up the little Jew girl. <laughs> <laughs> Horrible. <laughs> Too soon? <laughs> oh. Anyway, I'm going to read this poem now, which is also about regretting the loss of... Um, of uh, just being really overly nostalgic and sentimental, which has turned out to be my life's work. 
Yeah, this was, me both. Yeah, so. this was after a um, this was after the first uh, show that I got cast in in high school, which was a one act, a student written one act. Uh, it was not very good, but uh, I was a freshman and I was cast in it, which was like a big deal because freshmen never got cast in anything. Um, so this is from uh, February eighth, nineteen ninety eight. There was a time. I mistook it for tangible, and it gushed water through my innocent fingers. <clears throat> gushed. Nice throwback to the gushers, guys. That was an accident. There was a place, here, amidst this familiar chaos, now a mirage, the illusion trembles in my exhausted memories. There was a happiness, a resounding inspiration within, suppressed by a melancholy shadow. My senses now feel muffled. There was a family, bonded by an unbreakable strength, a flawless circle of faces and uncanny talent. Hold on, there's an asterisk going to the back of the page. <laughs> Their eyes saw me. I was real, vibrant, the person behind my mask. Randomly, they had been drawn by fate. And they were all of you. To me, a circle is unending. Uh, by the way, circles are un unending by definition. <laughs> And I photocopied this and gave it out to all the people in my cast. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure it's among their most treasured possessions. <laughs> all right, um, let's get to our last guest. I'm super excited that she came all the way to Astoria to do this. Um, I have been admiring her work from afar. She is the founder of uh, Project Capital U, Capital R, Capital O, Capital K, um, which is an amazing project that. Um, provides uh, insight about uh, mental health issues for younger people. And I was really happy to record uh, a video of my own experience for the project recently. Please welcome Jenny Jaffe. were the perfect person to have on a show like this. Yeah, because I had a really crappy child. <laughs> no, I had, that's like not even fair to say, because I had the world's greatest parents. I really did. Yeah. I got super lucky. I just had a lot of issues. Yeah, I mean, me too. So, that's the thing. I had a really great childhood that I, I can't complain about in terms of my family, but I was still so, so unhappy. Yes. Same. I was a spoiled brat, and I was just miserable as shit most yeah. of the time. So we have a hat yeah. trick. Yeah. <laughs> um, did you uh, did you uh, get a chance to think about something kind of weird that you're grateful for that others were not? Yeah. And well, so the first thing that popped into my head was Adivan, and then I was yes. like, yes, <laughs> or Clonopin. And then I was like, do I want to like? I spend literally all of my time talking about my childhood mental illness. And um, I was like, yeah, do I want to start off on that? Because <laughs> I know it'll come up. But I think the thing that then popped into my head was musical theater. Yes. Um, Very important. Very important. Uh, musical theater is uh, remains something I'm super grateful for. Um, recently it occurred to me, like my family really indulged me in this because it made me so happy. And like, they didn't want to listen to all the fucking cast recordings that I insisted they called cast recordings. <laughs> uh, 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 when I was in high school, but it was like the only time that I was really happy. So, um, they, so they were really like indulgent about that. And, um, 
Yeah, really big music. But like, so what? What was the what was the first musical that you did in high school? Well, the first musical I did in high school, or the first musical I was into. Oh, I guess the first musical you were into. Let's start Phantom. with that. Phantom. Phantom. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we definitely took um, a Girl Scout trip to see Phantom. I thought Phantom was the best. I was in like sixth or seventh grade. It came touring to San Francisco, which is where I grew up. And I was so obsessed and I would make my family like listen and I'd like cry. Here's the secret about Phantom. It's like four pretty good songs and then a lot of bullshit about like (laughs) how an opera house is run and like, but Andre, how will we pay the patrons? It's like nobody fucking cares, Weber. Um, (laughs) Seriously, they're so fussy. The whole time. The, they're like, let's. Should we pay off the murderer or not? <laughs> like that's part of the. Uh, it's it's not a great show. I've revisited no. it a lot since then. It's a novelty show. It's a, yeah. it, it's like it's you go see it, and I saw it for my anniversary this past year, uh, and uh, it really does look and feel like just like an old like Universal Studios show at this point, <laughs> and like there's that like chandelier comes like lumbering yep. down. <laughs> <laughs> That, that chandelier is now union. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yes, I was really into musical theater. And then in high school, I think the first, there were a couple years I wasn't doing theater because of like some extenuating uh, personal issues. But like the shows that I was really into, in eighth grade, I did Fiddler on the Roof. Uh-huh. Uh, I played Golda. Uh, so did not have a bat mitzvah, but did like the actual most Jewish thing. Um, Are you Jewish? I am Jewish. Nice. Um, and Representing. Yeah. The, I know. I was in, when Fiddler finally came to my very, very Christian high school, I was like, I'm cast. There's no <laughs> way I'm not cast. Um, I remember I really just wanted to p- uh, play Seidel because she got to wear a wedding dress. And I was oh, really yeah. bummed because I'm kind of a curvy lady and I always have been. I So I always was playing kind of older. I was always like a Character actor, and now I, I love it. But when you're when you're younger and uh, you're not an ingenue, that shit's hard. I know. I wanted to be the ingenue man, and then my favorite show I ever did was I did a senior year of high school. I did a Bat Boy, oh, which nice. is a pretty obscure show, and I had um, one of the lead roles. I played Meredith, and uh, and uh, yeah, I really you had, loved a high it. school did that. A high school did that. That's crazy. My my college did that. Like it's that. A, yeah. Really good show. I mean, like, can show. you guys uh, fill fill me and the listeners in on on what the show is about? So basically, it's like that. It was like adapted from that like Weekly World News article where it's like Bat Boy found or whatever, and it's like a it's like that shot of that like person with like bat ears like screaming. And uh, the show is just about um, a family that adopts Bat Boy, and then all these like family secrets come out, and like they teach him how to like not eat blood and stuff. And it's it gets really dark. There's like incest. Like it's like a pretty yeah. pretty adult show. I really I I maintain that it's I I love it. I also oh, it's, did it's a, a great show. Uh, I, I did a version of uh, Antigone that my uh, drama teacher <laughs> decided would be set in the Middle East. Uh, But not in a specific place, just somewhere in the Middle East. Um, uh, When did you go to high school? uh, When? Yeah, well, well, like eight year range. Uh, 2004 to 2008. Oh, okay, cool, cool. Yeah, okay, that, that sort of... Yeah, I feel uh, so. You're 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 younger than we are, and I feel like that's a really forward-thinking, progressive thing for a high yeah. school to it, do. It was weird because so I did not go to like a super progressive school. I went to a very, I went to a like 
prep school. Like I went to prep school. I hated it. I like really did not have a good time of it. I didn't uniforms. No uniforms, but like uh, a big California prep school. Like we got mentioned on the OC. Like that was sort of like oh, the wow. type of like school we're talking. Everybody was like no uniform, but everybody wore a lot of like Ralph Lauren like polos with pop collars, and like everybody dressed like an '80s bully. And <laughs> <laughs> and like the so the theater department was like small, very small. Oh yeah, we had. We did they like our school really didn't care that much about it because we had one of California's best water polo teams and one of California's best golf teams. Oh man! So we, those were the things we like focused on. We were really big into sports, but uh, our drama department kind of could fly under the radar and do yeah sort of whatever we wanted. And um, I totally loved our drama teacher. I mean, she did hair at one. We did like a couple years after me. They did hair. My sister was Jeez. in it. Uh, which like they, they shouldn't have done it. No. It was the most bastardized version of hair, but like, um, but uh, it's still ballsy. And I think they did some fun ballsy stuff, and I was really grateful for it. But yeah, so like my whole existence kind of revolved around uh, after I sort of like moved through this period where I wasn't really in school that much. Uh, revolved around doing chorus, doing uh, doing musical theater, and. Uh, listening to musical theater and I think I was I was like very annoying about it and I really like I think the thing that sort of pulled me out of that because I was like I'm moving to New York and I'm gonna go see every show yeah we um, all said that didn't we here <laughs> and I, I went to uh, I went to Tish and I met some like real musical theater kids and I was like oh fuck I can't keep up so um I I'm still like very into like my entire train ride here. My best friend Max and I um, lip synced to Hamilton, and I don't think anybody was that thrilled with no, us. No, everybody in the city so, gets it with Hamilton. That's, I hope so. It's, it's the first, trendy now. It's the first time I feel like I've been able to be like, finally, you guys get it, right? Like, uh, uh, yeah. So, but I, I, I like refer to it as the soundtrack because I'm not a dick anymore. <laughs> <laughs> no, but original cast nice. recording. There, I mean. That's an important distinction to make. Is it the London cast? Is it the uh, the original uh, touring cast? It's all there different. There are a lot of casts. If it's Les Mis, is it the red or blue Japanese right. recording? <laughs> I did listen to a lot of Les Mis. I saw Les Mis three times when I was little, and it was definitely... It's still one of my favorite shows. My friend and I host a show where we have comedians sing their dream Broadway roles. And, uh, That's the, incredible. The first, and the next one is at the pit on uh, December 11th. And uh, the... Uh, the uh, <laughs> what? Yeah, yeah. Call me for it. I will. I will. Oh, you can come. The first show we did, I sang. I, I my dream role remains um Javert and Les Mis, and I sang just Javert's half of the confrontation. <laughs> and, That's great. So, um, yeah. So I then the next one I sang uh, Heaven on Their Minds from Jesus Christ Superstar. So my roles are like just I want to play. The, like most like I want to be a dude <laughs> in this a role a, a dude diva the diva want, dude yeah the diva dude yep. that's exactly what mm -hmm. I want perfect so yeah so that's the musical theater all about it I'll talk about that all night different I mean, podcast it's a probably. great answer I had this I, I definitely had the same experience in high school and I felt I always felt so left out and it wasn't until I found theater that it was like a, there was a community where I could actually breathe. I could actually like, because my, my town was very sportsy too. It was like number yeah. one soccer in the state. And there was like lacrosse and field hockey and all that bullshit. Yeah, and, and I'm like deeply was, athletic. Yeah. yeah, me too. I mean, I, I went to dancing school and even that I didn't like very much. So um, yeah. what's a round girl to do? So that the, oh, so, so uh, 
what I really wanted to bring tonight um, was my old live journal. And I don't, uh, so I, and the, I deleted it right after high school, which is unfortunate. <sighs> but Never all, throw anything away, But guys. all of it was, no, I think <laughs> this is, uh, I, but a lot of it was about musical theater. Like a lot of it was about musical theater. And then the thing I really wanted to bring where I thought it still existed because it existed up till like, a year and a half ago, and I actually showed it to my boyfriend, and he somehow still stayed with me. Uh, <laughs> is uh, is my old DeviantArt account, oh, and yes. it's not that I drew anything. It's that it's a lot of like things that I favorited. <laughs> There's a lot of like Invader Zim fan art on there. There was some. Um, so you did you deleted your account? <laughs> no, no. DeviantArt purged it because it hadn't been active for uh, like whatever. DeviantArt never throw anything away. <laughs> so and then all my other like diaries and stuff are in California. So so what but I, we have we you you found a good substitute. But I found I found something. Yeah. So Facebook came out when I was in high school uh, and I have my first Facebook notes. Uh, that start when I'm 16. So should I'm I? I'm very much looking forward to this. So yes. um, I have a bunch on here. I'll tell you guys just a couple of them. Uh, the first one says, "This is basically me trying to te trying out the notes feature of Facebook." Hello, everyone. Uh, so going back, um, I got stuff like. Um, uh, like uh, I wrote an entire note. Um, so House was really popular. I love House. And yes. uh, again, kind of being an asshole, I was like, but you guys know Hugh Laurie's like a really great British comedian, right? Of course, and, right? And I posted, a, I was like, for House fans, like here's every sketch I love from A Bit of Fry and Laurie. <laughs> um, so that exists somewhere, which I maintain like that I, I had good taste. I just didn't have to be such a fucking dick about well, it. Well, but, but I think, I mean, I was super pretentious in all of so everything I did and all of my writing. And I think that that was just a self-protective mechanism. Yeah, you I, know, that was just a shield. I yeah. needed to tell everybody about Hugh Laurie. I, I mean, no, I, I like really think this was me in like some part of me thinking people will think I'm cool because I know things, but it's like, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Not really. Not really. Like, just shut up and be like, I, I was, I like, I was, I was smart. I was good at, I was pretty good academically and just very bad socially. So, uh, anyway. Oh, uh, one thing is, uh, me. Uh, me asking if anyone's heard back from Tish yet, if they've applied. Ah, <laughs> oh, memories. Um, do you have any? Do you have any notes in there that are emotional? Well, I don't have any emotional notes, but here's here's what I do have that I think I think is kind of is kind of good. Okay. So um, before uh, there was before people knew what to do with Facebook, they were just kind of treating it like MySpace, right? So I had one of these little fill out thingies. Where it's like uh, it's like a meme, and like people would send them around on emails, and you have to fill it out. Yeah. So this is one I did. Um, I was 18, and it's entitled <laughs> "What I Do When I Don't Have Rehearsal." Uh, and so should I, I'll just I'll yeah. just go for it. Go for it. Okay. So there's no need to read this, but I did it, so I might as well put it up here. <laughs> <laughs> Shrugging and blushing bashfully. Exactly. I had braces at this point. I don't know why that feels relevant. I just I had <laughs> I had late teen braces to get the picture. Okay. Yeah. Name Jenny. Sisters one. Brothers zero. Shoe size eight. Height five foot four. What are you wearing? Jeans. Shirt with owls on it. 
<laughs> favorite number five. Is that still your favorite number? Nah. <laughs> um, uh, here's a here's an OCD thing I had though. I was really uh, into things in groups of three, so I don't know why I put five. Honestly, uh, favorite drink: <laughs> Jamba Juice Chocolate Mood. Uh, Does that one still exist? Yeah, I think so. Probably right. Um, favorite month: August. Favorite breakfast: cereal. Incidentally, that's also my favorite lunch and dinner. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you were getting prepared for a life as an artist, weren't you? I sure was. Okay. Have you ever broken a bone? Knock on wood. Uh, I guess I hadn't. Uh, have you now? I have not. I have neither. Uh, been in a police car? No. Been on a boat? Yes. Swam in the ocean and surfed? Yes, on both counts. Neither were done very well. Falling asleep in school, yes, but it was during a free period. <laughs> Lest any, any teachers read this. No. Uh, cried when someone died, yes. I'm going to say I hadn't lost anyone at that point, but I was distraught about Heath Ledger. Um, saved emails, yeah, I'm even a pack rat online. <laughs> been cheated on, no, I'd also never, never been on a date, so... <laughs> Ever had chicken pox? Yup, and it sucked. Sore throat? Yes. Wait, wait, wait. On yeah. the chicken pox, did, you, did your mom make you take an oatmeal bath? Yeah. Pretty gross, right? Yeah, the worst. I actually had chicken pox my first day of sixth grade. I missed my first week of middle school. Oh, that's traumatizing. Well, middle school itself was just traumatizing. Yeah, so yeah. It was almost like my body was saying, don't do this. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just avoid the school thing altogether. Um, I'm going to just uh, move a little forward yeah. to some more personal mm -hmm. uh, things. Questions. Who was the last person you danced with? Nate danced with me, darling. Which is a reference to the show Bat Boy. <laughs> uh, Nate was my big high school crush, and he didn't really talk to me, and he had a girlfriend, and we played uh, opposite each other in Bat Boy, and so I got to like talk oh to him God, all the time. Oh my God, that's a dream come true. But then after rehearsal, I would go cry in my car to the Smiths. Um, <laughs> who, who hasn't done that, really? Because I was like, oh, my God, like, if we weren't in the show, he'd never speak to me. Like, oh, God. Um, yeah, so that was, that was hard. Did he know how you felt about him? No, no, I, no, I don't think so. Were you not? Because, like, whenever I had a crush on a guy, I couldn't, I just couldn't keep it in my mouth. And I had to let that person know, even if it was through, like, three or four other friends who told each other to tell him? You know, I probably wasn't super quiet about it. Like, I'm sure maybe he found out. I don't know for sure. If he was, he wasn't interested, and probably, like, rightfully so. Um, but, yeah, he was. I remember him being nice. He was fine. I think he was just, like, a nice, a nice guy. Um, so you don't think he maybe ha got the hint that you were in I'm sure he did, honestly. I couldn't have been subtle. I had no idea how to be subtle. <laughs> I still yeah. don't know how to be subtle. You never really told people. You were just... Not subtle about it. Yeah, that I don't. I really go. don't think yeah, so. Yeah, just stare longingly and I think probably pick up on it. There was a lot of that. There was like a lot of like doodling names and and that sort of thing. I'm sure. I'm sure. Fucking everyone knew. Uh, and anyway, I put it on a Facebook note. So, um, uh, who makes you smile? Lots and lots of people. Uh, 
Who did you last yell at? Trevor, but it was on stage, so it doesn't really count. <laughs> uh, everything's fucking about play practice. Well, it is. I mean, yeah, Everything that's like was. salvation. Was There's nothing wrong with salvation. That. Um, oh, hold on. This uh, just skipped forward a lot. I'm not going to read all. Oh this. my god! I'm not going to read just all. Just for this. for people who I can't want you guys see to know how much I feel. There, it's a t- it's a huge survey. That I must had, have taken you hours. I had nothing going on yet because I started masturbating late. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> what are you listening to right now? Monk on TV. Um, I want to say real quick, I really loved Monk. Um, I had like very debilitating OCD and Monk made me feel a lot better. Like, oh, so, so you were seeing somebody I, who represented your issues. It's part of like where Project You're Okay came from. Is like I was really desperate to see representation mm-hmm. and of like um, mental illness and characters who were like positive characters. Mm-hmm. And like he was somebody who had really bad, debilitating OCD, like I did. But he got to he was like a detective and he helped people. I was like, that's really cool. And like Maria Bamford was the other person. Um, just because it was like I, you know, and it was like a really also a nice way for me to explain to people what was going on with me because mm. I a lot of times it's like hard to be like, well, so you're really clean. Like, what's the big deal? I'm like, no, you, you like don't get it here. Watch this show. Uh, anyway. So. Uh, have you ever hated someone in your family? I don't know. <laughs> Is that in case they were going to read that? Uh, I guess. I didn't hate anyone. I don't know why I was enigmatic about it. <laughs> um, uh, last person who was in your bed besides you, Bob, parentheses, chill out. He's a golden retriever. <laughs> <laughs> As if people were, uh, really scandalized. Uh, okay. Uh, Let's, oh, here's something. What book are you reading right now? Something Wonderful Right Away, in parentheses. It's about Second City. Really cool. (laughs) Is it good? I've never read it. Uh, I don't even remember. I I honestly don't. Um, Who do I really hate? Ann Coulter. Uh, Easy. Yeah. Yeah. I was was correct. Uh, It's a no-brainer. Here's one. Best feeling in the world. Being in Times Square after seeing a really great Broadway show. (laughs) Oh, good. <laughs> nice. Wow, there's more. There's more. I'm not going to read all of this. I'm just going to see if there's anything like great, juicy, anything juicy. There's really not. Oh, the last song I listened to was Holland 1945 by Neutral Milk Hotel nice. because I haven't learned new music since high school. That's so, not bad to know when I got to say I know it's it's kind of making me feel very old indeed because I listened <laughs> to that when I was, that was senior like, I was in, in college, college. Yeah. yeah. All of the stuff It's that good you, stuff. It's so strange. I, yeah, no, I uh, All the stuff you experienced we experienced in college, but I could imagine I would feel the same way as a teenager like I'm with you in high school at that point because I am just as awkward in college at that exact time. Really? And I, that's all All I cared about was theater and all I cared about was, was house and that people knew things about Hugh Laurie. I, and, are you serious? Yeah. Why were we not friends? Because it would have been weird because we were six or seven years yeah, separate. Yeah, I, I was like, everybody's like, why are you friends with yeah, this man? He's 25 and still in college. Aww. But like, man, I, I would have been really happy to know you were out there, I think. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's 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 the whole point. I mean, that's why I love that's why I love you know your whole thing and your whole project because that would have saved my life a million times over. It really yeah. that just yeah. uh, just do you want to like talk for just a second to the listeners about what it is? Yeah, totally. So 
Uh, basically, Project You're Okay is this uh, nonprofit organization that I founded, and I'm uh, the executive director of. It's uh, so we do uh, digital content for teens and young adults who are struggling with mental illness. The idea is uh, to create a sense of community, of hope, of comfort, uh, and a resource that uh, presents um, stories of. Uh, mental illness from people of all walks of life uh, in ways that are not clinical, that are not like super impersonal, uh, with the hope that it will help uh, create a sense of community and um, yeah, kind of just selfishly creating the resource I wish I could go back in time and mm -hmm. give to the Jenny who was filling out that survey. So it's so fucking beautiful. Thank you. I love it. What is the uh, what is the website? Yeah, so it's projectyourok.org, and it's also on. At Project You Are Okay on all social media, and uh, yeah, and hopefully things that are kind of you know funny too. But yeah, yeah, it's 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 a mix of it's a mix of entertainment. Totally, <laughs> yeah, it's very <laughs> useful educational, <laughs> sentimental entertainment. Yeah, sentimental, You know where I'm sentiment. I hope I so, yeah. yeah, I definitely. It's awesome. Definitely hope so. I think it's great. Because Monk's not on anymore, so like, what are kids going to do? So they need another way to get that fixed. Yeah. Well, let me uh, let me give you a little oh, quote love from this that. little book. Um, let's see. Oh, yes. This is from uh, Rabindranath Tagore, who I am sure is uh, an Indian. Um, he's a monk. He's an Indian monk. He's a monk? He's a, he's a monk. <laughs> so, huh? yeah. Yeah. See, you like what I did there? If you shut your door to all errors, truth will be shut out. Oh, I love that. And here you go. Thank you so Thank much. Thank you so much, Jenny Jaffe. Thank you, Thank guys. you for being the bitch seat. Well, Phil? Yeah. What did we learn today? Uh, you know, Hugh Laurie is not just Dr. House, guys. He also <laughs> plays piano, plays guitar. Sings. And he, he has that quote about uh, not waiting for anything to happen, because if you wait for something to happen, it's probably never going to. So do it anyway. Also, he, he has that quote, it's not lupus. <laughs> uh. Well, um, I want to uh, thank everybody who is in our live audience. Yes, and uh, you. yeah, give yourselves a round of applause. for. Yeah. You are, uh, and, uh, thank you for being very... Thank you. Very willing test subjects as we yeah. It was, I thought it, I thought it went pretty well, and thanks yeah. to uh, to uh, Liz and Dennis of Astoria Coffee for Seriously. hosting us, and our audio engineer Kent, who is a genius. And um, thank you to everybody who is listening for listening. Yes, and, um, thank you, Dana. Be, uh, thank you, Ronnie. Ronnie, Dina, Dana, you. Dina, who's Dina? Ronnie, Dana, and Jenny. And um, yeah, uh, check out lissamandel.com slash the-bitch-seat to find out uh, news about the show coming up. All right. Thanks, All right. guys. Have a good night. My name's Taylor. My name's Sarah. And we like to talk about uncomfortable, unchartered, and unwanted social interactions. Mainly between men and women. And we like to do it with a man in the room. And we like to have a woman start off by telling a story. This is starting to sound like a weird sexual thing, but it's really just a podcast. Called, Did That Just Happen? And it's hosted by us. Taylor and Sarah. This has been an Atlantic Transmission production. Hey!